following program is sponsored by the National Prayer Chapel.
Surely the day is coming. It will burn like a furnace. All of the arrogant and every evildoer will be stubble. And that day that is coming will set them on fire, says the Lord Almighty. Not a root or a branch will be left to them. But for you who revere my name, the Son of Righteousness will rise with healing in his wings. And you will go out and leap like calves released from the stall. Then you will trample down the wicked. They will be ashes under the soles of your feet on that day when I do these things, says the Lord Almighty. See, I will send you the prophet Elijah before the great and dreadful day of the Lord comes. He will turn the hearts of the fathers to their children and the hearts of the children to their fathers. Or else I will come and strike the land with a curse. Malachi, the fourth chapter. Welcome to Pilgrim's Progress. Let's pray. Almighty God, it is without question that you are going to come and shake anything that can be shaken. Even the very foundation of our nation is going to be shaken. And what is left will be that which is solid. Lord, I'm so tired of shaky people and shaky news. I'm so tired of of shaky church. Lord, would you would you come and establish something firm and real in revival power in this nation? I'm tired, Lord, of the lies. I'm tired of the make-believe. Lord, we need integrity in the innermost parts of our hearts and our lives that we would walk clean and holy before you, washed and made righteous by the power of your blood. Lord, come and shake out all that is a lie. Come and shake out all that is make-believe. Oh, Lord, come now, please. Send your Holy Spirit to this broadcast today. Please, I need you. We need you. I pray in your holy name. Amen. What can be shaken will be shaken. Let me read it for you. It's found in Hebrews, the 12th chapter. I'm going to begin reading for you at verse 22. Hebrews, the 12th chapter, beginning at verse 22. But you have come to Mount Zion, to the heavenly Jerusalem, the city of the living God, 
You've come to thousands upon thousands of angels in joyful assembly, to the church of the firstborn whose names are written in heaven. You've come to God, the judge of all men, to the spirits of righteous men made perfect, to Jesus, the mediator of a new covenant, and to the sprinkled blood that speaks a better word than the blood of Abel. See to it that you do not refuse him who speaks. If they did not escape when they refused him who warned them on earth, how much less will we if we turn away from him who warns us from heaven? At that time his voice shook the earth. But now he has promised once more, I will shake not only the earth, but also the heavens. The words once more indicate the removing of that which can be shaken, that is, the created things, so that what cannot be shaken may remain. Therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken, let us be thankful and so worship God acceptably with reverence and with awe. For our God is a consuming fire. Our God is a consuming fire. Now when we go once more to Revelation 6, 7, and 8, we learn that there is a sequential, step-by-step outline of what is going to happen as we come now to the very end days of the earth, to the coming of Jesus, and then to the thousand-year millennium, to the seven years of tribulation. When we come to the sixth chapter of Revelation, the seals begin to be opened by Jesus. Now, I've shared with you the seals are the work of God. They are the work of God as he shakes the earth, as I read from Malachi. And fire will come upon the earth. I'll show you that in just a minute out of the book of Isaiah. The first seal has been opened. The League of Nations was formed. The world governing body was established. It was not very successful, so they moved forward after the Second World War and established the United Nations, working closely with Rome, with Papal Rome. Now, after that first seal is opened, another horse comes out, a fiery red one. Its rider was given power to take peace from the earth. Today we find more than 40 wars happening across the the planet earth. Remember, Jesus said there would be wars and rumors of wars. Well, this fiery red 
horse and its rider are given the power to take peace from the earth and to make men slay each other. That's happening right now in Ukraine. Men and women, boys and girls, are dying. To him was given a large sword. Is that the hypersonic missiles that Putin is launching at Ukraine now? And then the Lamb opened the third seal. Now, there is not a firm cutoff on any of these seals, but they bleed one into another. The Lamb opened the third seal. I heard the third living creature say, Come. I looked, and there before me was a black horse. Its rider was holding a pair of scales in his hand, and I heard what sounded like a voice among the four living creatures saying, A quart of wheat for a day's wages, three quarts of barley for a day's wages. Do not damage the oil and the wine. In way of review, you know we're speaking about a total financial reset. That reset is happening right now, even as we speak. The dollar is dying. Fiat currency, that is, currency that has nothing backing it up except the confidence we have in the bank. We should not have that confidence because laws have been passed that say that when you put your money in the bank, it now belongs to the bank. And if you ask if they have the ability, they can give it back, but they don't keep very much money in the bank. And if the bank goes bankrupt, as it will soon do, all the banks will go bankrupt. And when that happens, the law says that they cover their investors first and they cover those who have made deposits last. And they know the federal insurance money is only a tiny, tiny bit not nearly enough to cover the loss. And so many of us will simply lose whatever we have in the bank. That's what's happening with the financial reset, holding the scale, bringing us into a time of persecution and famine. Shortages. Surging prices. Surging inflation. Properties going up with such inflation that no one can afford to buy them. Particularly those who are just starting out in life. It's a total financial reset that we're watching and it will go to a digital currency. Now, how do I know that? Because the Bible says that. We'll get into that later in our study of Revelation, but the mark of the beast will open the door to a digital access to an online purse. And if you don't obey them, 
they will shut the purse. And if you don't take the mark in your arm, it says hand, but literally in the Greek, it's from your shoulder down. If you don't take the mark in your arm or on your forehead, if you don't swear allegiance to the beast power that is rising in America and the Western world, in China and in Russia, the beast power is rising even as we speak today. I hope you can see it. Tyranny is the rule of the day. Now, I listened to one very bright humanist lecture last night, and he said, don't worry, we're not going to go into poverty. Instead, everyone's going to have to go to work, and we're going to have constitutional money, and we're going to have money that does not have a central bank controlling it. I wish that were true, but it's not. It's very clear that we are in that that third seal of the financial reset as the beast power absorbs and takes more and more world power. We're no longer nation-states. You remember the 30-year war was the transition between the legs of iron and the feet of clay and iron. And now we're in that time of the feet and, and mixed iron and clay from Daniel, the second chapter. It's the final stage of earth's history. Now, all of us, I mean all of us as human beings, like to settle into some kind of routine. We like to be secure. We like to have a sense that I know where I'm going to lay down and sleep. I know where I'm going to eat. I know where the money's going to come from. I can make plans. Things are stable. That's all about to change. It is changing even as I speak to you. A great shaking is coming upon this earth. A great shaking in your finances, in your housing, in your automobile. We're not going back to what we were before the pandemic came. The pandemic was brought intentionally, and the Ukraine war was brought intentionally and provoked by America with lies. All of this is a part of bringing in that one-world beast government. And everything is going to be shaken. Now, I want to read for you a very disturbing portion of Scripture from Isaiah, the 24th chapter. I've tried to read this many times, and many times I just turned aside from it. It was too painful for me to even read But we have to face it because we are now at that junction point where everything crashes and burns. You think your money is safe in the bank? Well, your money is being destroyed intentionally by the Federal Reserve and the federal government. This is what the Word of God says in Isaiah, the 24th chapter. 
See, the Lord is going to lay waste the earth and devastate it. He will ruin its face and scatter its inhabitants. In other words, there will be great numbers of refugees. It will be the same for the priest as for the people, for the master as the servant, for the mistress as for the maid, as seller for buyer, for borrower as lender, for debtor as for creditor. The earth will be completely laid waste and totally plundered. The Lord has spoken this word. Well, that's a very uncomfortable word. I don't. I don't feel good about that, but I know where it ends up, so I'm rejoicing because it will end up with Jesus. Now, please hear me. Do not put your confidence in your cash, in your gold, in your silver. Do not put your confidence in anything in this world. We are temporary residents until we move on into the heavenly realm. He goes on, the earth dries up and withers. That's what's happening right now in California, Arizona, the western states. The world languishes and withers. The exalted of the earth languish. The earth is defiled by its people. They have disobeyed the laws and violated the statutes and broken the everlasting covenant. Therefore, a curse consumes the earth. Its people must bear their guilt. Therefore, earth's inhabitants are burned up, and very few are left. The new wine dries up. The vine withers. All the merrymakers groan. The gaiety of the tambourine is stilled. The noise of the revelers has stopped. The joyful harp is silent. No longer do they drink wine with a with a song. The beer is bitter to its drinkers. The ruined city lies desolate. The entrance to every house is barred. In the streets they cry out for wine. All joy turns to gloom. All gaiety is banished from the earth. This is where we're going. This is what must happen in the opening of these seals. And this is why Christians are going to be scapegoated as we proclaim this message of judgment against the sin of this world. And may I add, as we proclaim the judgment of God against the apostate church. Now here is where I struggle. There are men who are very wise in prophecy, the Prophecy Club and others. Men who and women who who have studied and are very intellectually strong. But can I tell you, it's not going to save them. I listen to these men and women as they speak about a secret rapture. But what do they do when they go home? They sit down and they open their hearts to the television. They open their hearts to the football, baseball, tennis, 
whatever entertainment they choose. They open their hearts to everything of this world, the flesh, and the devil. They have their cigar nights for the guys playing cards with nickels. I've been invited to those kind of parties, and I've always said, no, thank you. Leaders of churches have these kind of parties. Sometimes then the leaders of the church say, hey, let's, the guys say, hey, let's, let's go down to the strip club just for fun. Unclean. Immoral. A, a friend told me about walking into the office of a mega church here in the D.C. area. It was right after the worship service had concluded and the pastor had gone to his study. The door was slightly ajar, and so the person did not knock. They knew the pastor very well. They opened the door, and there was pastor sitting at his computer looking at complete pornography. This is after he just left the pulpit. Utterly evil. Wicked. Dark. Teaching people that they can't leave their sin, even if they want to, they teach you can't ever do it. You're always going to be sinning. We're in such a place and such a need to get on our faces before God, to confess and humble our hearts, and give up the notion that, oh, I'm saved, I'm on my way to heaven, I've got my ticket punched. No, you don't. Don't, don't fool yourself. You do not. I'll know I am saved when I am safe on the other side and I'm worshiping Jesus in the New Jerusalem, then I'm saved. Right now, I'm still on probation, and I could still lose my place with Jesus. It's the man who sins, or the woman who sins, who will be judged. It's time we begin to take very seriously this shaking that is beginning to happen across our nation, across the whole world. We better be very careful and very serious. I talked to some millennials. They want to play risk on their cell phones with each other. I said, if you're going to play risk, why don't you at least get together so that you can talk a little bit about Jesus? But no, you're on your cell phone playing. Our cell phones are our idols. That's where the mark of the beast is going to be established. And you'll go right along with it if your heart is for all of the comforts of this world and you are upset because God is not giving you everything you want. Some of you have your finances. You have everything worked out. You know exactly how much money you have. You know exactly how much money's coming. You can plan your life based on your... No, stop. 
It will soon be over. Listen. This is Isaiah 24. The city is left in ruins. Its gate is battered to pieces. So will it be on the earth and among the nations, as when an olive tree is beaten, or as when gleanings are left after the grape harvest. That's what's happening right now in, in Russia's attack. They raise their voices. They shout for joy from the west. They acclaim the Lord's majesty. Therefore, in the east, give glory to the Lord. Exalt the name of the Lord, the God of Israel, in the islands of the sea. From the ends of the earth, we hear singing glory to the righteous one. We've got to take our eyes off this world. We will not be shaken if we are established in Jesus Christ not with Jesus Christ, in Jesus Christ. John 15. But I say, I waste away. I waste away. Woe to me, the treacherous betray. With treachery, the treacherous betray. Tear and pit and snare await you, O people of the earth. Whoever flees at the sound of terror will fall into a pit. Whoever climbs out of a pit will be caught in a snare. I saw a a war-torn image. An elderly woman dressed in the warmest clothes she could find disheveled, dirty, coming up out of a basement underneath an apartment complex where she'd been hiding, driven out by a desire to get a little bite to eat somewhere if she could find something to eat and something to drink if she could find something to drink. As Russia pounds her city with hypersonic bombs, and other munitions, and Russian soldiers push forward to take the nation like a bird taking a grape. That's going to happen in many places in the earth. It's going to happen in America. The floodgates of the heavens are opened. The foundations of the earth shake. The earth is broken up. The earth splits asunder. The earth is thoroughly shaken. The earth reels like a drunkard. It sways like a hut in the wind. So heavy upon it is the guilt in its rebellion that it falls, never to rise again. In that day, the Lord will punish the powers in the heavens above and the kingdoms on the earth below. They will be herded together like prisoners bound in a dungeon. Now speaking about the thousand-year millennium, they will be shut up in prison and be punished after many days. The moon will be abashed, the sun ashamed, for the Lord Almighty will reign on Mount Zion and in Jerusalem before its elders gloriously. 
Isaiah is describing the final events of earth's history, and that's what we're entering into now. I urge you not to put your trust in anything in this physical world. Don't put your trust there. First Thessalonians, the fifth chapter. Now, brothers, about times and dates, we do not need to write to you, for you know very well that the day of the Lord will come like a thief in the night. While people are saying peace and safety, destruction will come on them suddenly as labor pains on a pregnant woman, and they will not escape. But you, brothers, are not in darkness, so this day should not surprise you like a thief. You are all sons of the light and sons of the day. We do not belong to the night or to the darkness. So then let us not be like the others who are asleep, but let us be alert and self-controlled. For those who sleep, sleep at night, and those who get drunk, get drunk at night. But since we belong to the day, let us be self-controlled, putting on faith and love as a breastplate and the hope of salvation as a helmet. For God did not appoint us to suffer wrath, but to receive salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ. He died for us so that whether we're awake or asleep, we may live together with him. Therefore, encourage one another, build each other up, just as in fact you are doing. I come to build you up today in the name of Jesus Christ. I come to say to you, everything is going to get shaken. Everything is going to be broken. The earth is going to be destroyed. It's going to be burned. America is going to burn. Why? Because we have broken the everlasting covenant. What is the everlasting covenant? It's a covenant that was made between Jesus and the Father before the foundation of the earth, when Jesus agreed that if man fell, he would come and die. And that everlasting covenant arches over all time to the very end. And in that is the cross of Jesus, the end of the old covenant. The everlasting covenant is called also the eternal covenant. It stretches from the beginning in the Father and the Son to the final redemption of man. In between that great arching everlasting covenant is the Old Covenant. The Old Covenant is newer than the Everlasting Covenant. And the Old Covenant ended at the cross. And the Everlasting Covenant has now been ratified by the blood of Jesus. Now please hear me. The Lord is saying that you have broken the Everlasting Covenant you have denied Jesus as your Lord and Savior. You have, you have trampled on his blood by saying it has no power to 
destroy sin in my life. Jesus came to destroy the works of the devil. When you say you're always going to be a sinner and you walk in disobedience before God, you have violated the everlasting covenant. The earth has violated this covenant and we think, our president rules and our and our pentagon has the power and no it doesn't just because we've not seen jesus move in power in our lifetime does not mean he does not rule from heaven over all of earth and the affairs of men he does he rules over your life And there are consequences to be suffered if you do not repent of the sin, of the lies, of the disobedience, and totally give up your heart to Jesus Christ and walk clean before him. He has given us the power in Romans, the sixth chapter, to be crucified with him and to have the power of sin utterly destroyed from our hearts and our lives. And any person who teaches you that you can continue to sin and be saved is breaking the everlasting covenant, and they will be shaken. And they will be shaken out of the kingdom of God. Now we, in these seals, come to the fourth seal, I heard the voice of the fourth living creature say, Come, I looked, and there before me was a pale horse. Its rider was death, and Hades was following close behind him. And they were given power over a fourth of the earth to kill by sword, famine, plague, and by the wild beasts of the earth. Many of us will die in the persecution that is coming, in the rage and the anger and the bitterness of the earth under the judging hand of Almighty God with volcanoes, tornadoes, hurricanes, floods, tsunamis, war, pestilence. We're going to see the earth shaken and everything that can be shaken loose will be shaken loose. And only that which is in in Jesus Christ will remain. Now, as you walk through the fifth and the sixth seal, you walk through the ceiling of the 144,000. Again, I don't know if that's a literal number or a figurative number. I don't know if it's just Jews or if it's also Gentiles. I have ideas, but I'm not going to share them because it would be speculation. What I do see in chapter 7, verse 9, is that he says, I looked and there before me was a great multitude that no one could count from every nation, tribe, people, and language standing before the throne and in front of the Lamb. They were wearing white robes and were holding palm branches in their hands, and they cried out in a loud voice, Salvation! belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. 
to Jesus. Now, let's be very clear. I don't know for certain if this is the description of Jesus coming to take his people in a rapture, a public gathering of God's people. I know that the scripture says that at this time, men will cry to be covered. I'll read it to you. The kings of the earth, the princes, the generals, the rich, the mighty, and every slave and every free man hid in caves and among the rocks of the mountains. And they called to the mountains and the rocks, fall on us and hide us from the face of him who sits on the throne and from the wrath of the Lamb. For the great day of his wrath has come. And who can stand? That's why I believe that's the last part of the the sixth seal. I believe that's the coming of Jesus. Midway through the tribulation. Now you have the sealing of the 144,000. You have the great multitude now that's before the throne of God. And in the seventh seal, there's silence in heaven. The saints in heaven are crying out to the Lord about what's happening on the earth. And the first angel sounds his trumpet. And there comes hail and fire mixed with blood as it was hurled down on the earth. I believe the first, second, and third are possible. Asteroid hit. It says a star falls from heaven, but that word star in the Greek is asteroid. It's a time of terrible suffering. What I'm trying to say to you is, this is a step-by-step-by-step judgment of God upon the earth, upon sinners. It's not judgment upon the people of God. They will be protected and they will be delivered. They cannot be shaken out. Yes, many of us will die as martyrs. That's okay. As one as one wonderful Christian woman said, with her husband separated in prison. Life threatened every day. Tortured, beaten. They said, when we die, we don't hurt anymore. So it's all right. We praise Jesus. You have the trumpets sounding. And terrible things begin to happen on the earth, even more terrible than anything that's been seen. That's why I believe God's people will be gone by then for the last half of the tribulation. Then the two witnesses come. 
Now, here's the heart of what I want to say to you today in the last minutes of this broadcast. You need to bring together your current life with your life in Jesus. You need to bring together in prayer a full and honest confession. You will not grow out of your sin. If you look carefully at John 15, it does not say that they sprayed the grapevine, the branches, to kill the blight. You can't kill blight by spraying it. You kill blight by cutting it off and cutting it out. You cannot grow out of your sin. You cannot mature out of your sin. Sin is not immaturity. Sin is rebellion against Almighty God. And if you think you can focus your time and attention on making your money, living your American life, getting along to go along, you will be lost in the end. There is a place of intense, can I use that word again? There is a place of intense confession and repentance and coming through in total victory. Charles Finney preached about this. Jonathan Edwards preached about this. Reese Howells preached about this. The old-timers knew you had to come into this place of, of abject sorrow for your sin and not play the self-improvement game. But finally, get on your face before God and say, Look, this is what I've done, Lord. And you stop lying to him. And you're honest with him. And you lay it out very plainly for him. And you say, Lord, I've got to be washed. I've got to be cleansed. Washing and cleansing is a supernatural work of God. It's not something I can do for myself. I have to be circumcised by Jesus Christ. It's this place of of crisis. It's not the smooth go-along-to-get-along deal. It's not the smooth, well, I'm growing. I'm making progress in Jesus. No, you're not. No, you're not. You may be dressing up the flesh a little. You may be making it a little more pretty. But it's still flesh, and it's got to go. The wrath of God. That's what I've read for you today. The wrath of God who says, I'm going to burn the earth. I'm going to destroy it. Very few men are going to live through what I'm going to do to the earth. It is going to be cracked and broken. The floodgates of heaven are going to be open. The foundations of the earth are going to shake. The earth is broken up. It's split asunder. The earth is thoroughly shaken and earth reels like a drunkard. It sways like a hut in the wind. 
so heavy upon it is the guilt of its rebellion that it falls never to rise again. This earth is going to be burned. Many of you who listen to this broadcast are still just lukewarm. Working out your strategy for how you can maintain your life and still call yourself a Christian. But in that day, you will be judged according to your actions and according to what you've done. And you better do the judging of yourself now before that great day of judgment comes. Well, Pastor, I'm I'm doing my best. That won't get it done. You can't do it. Jesus has to do it in you. But you've got to confess who you really are. And you've got to give that to Jesus. And you've got to cut off those things that you've been hearing in the Spirit. You know what? I shouldn't be doing that. But wow, I like doing it. I shouldn't be I shouldn't be saying this but I was really mad. I shouldn't have cussed that person out. I shouldn't be gossiping about them. I shouldn't be, I shouldn't be, I shouldn't be. You know it's wrong. The bitterness in your heart, the anger, the cutting off of family, the cutting off of people because you disagree with them. The judging all of this blocks the way of God in your heart. If you're going to survive what's coming and is already now beginning to shake the earth, you're going to have to open your heart to the Lord and weep before him over your sins Well, but, Pastor, I don't have any conviction. No, because you haven't really gone down there and looked at it yet. You haven't seen how horrid it is. You haven't seen the beauty of Jesus yet. You're lukewarm. You're about to be thrown out. Vomited out. I'm very concerned for you. I'm very concerned. I'm not coming to try to teach you something. I'm coming to try to save your soul. The only reason I do this broadcast is to try to secure the salvation of your soul. I'm not an erudite man. I'm a simple, humble man who has one single message. Repent. Get right with God. Be crucified with Jesus. Give up the world, the flesh, and the devil. Stop it. Cut it off. Well, we're out of time for this broadcast today. We are still more than $2,000 short for this month. This is our last full week. I thank those of you who have given so kindly and so abundantly. Some of you have gone way above and beyond. Thank you. 
If you know this message is vital for your heart, then give in response. You can give by writing to me at National Prayer Chapel, Post Office Box 2346, Woodbridge, Virginia, 22195. That's Post Office Box 2346, Woodbridge, Virginia, 22195. You can also go to nationalprayerchapel.com. You can give online. Thank you. I love you. I want your salvation. I want a fellowship through eternity with you in the heaven above. Get right with God. I love you. I'll talk to you soon.